just in case. Um, looping is not approved by Health Canada yet. Um, so the T1T huddle is not in support or advocating for this. We're merely just creating a safe space um, for people to talk about a topic that you're curious about. Um, if you hear about something that you wanna try, um, we recommend that you speak to your healthcare team. That being said, Logan McLean will be facilitating tonight's session and Leanne White and Jennifer Miller are guest panelists. Um, as with every um, session, we're gonna be videotaping just so you know, um, so we can post it onto the website afterwards because some people miss, um, can't make the session. Um, and we have only one ground rule, one person talk at a time. Um, we can just be respectful to one another. So our guest facilitator um, tonight is Logan McQueen. Logan was diagnosed with type one at the age of eight. She's been using a pump for over 20 years now. Um, in 2017, she found out about looping at a diabetes conference and decided to take on the challenge of building her own artificial pancreas. Um, she's been hooked ever since. Uh, she found out, um, she found that looping has really assisted her in the active lifestyle and has had a positive impact on her diabetes management. So the little I know about looping is basically that your CGM and pump talk to each other. So your CGM says to your pump, looks like we need more insulin. And the pump responds, no problem, sending some your way. Obviously it's more complicated than that. So Logan, tell us what is looping? That's a great question. So the term looping comes from a closed loop delivery, which means closing the loop between your CGM and the insulin pump, and in doing so, creating an artificial pancreas. A looping system assists with the many insulin dosing decisions that are required by us type one diabetics daily. It's basically a hacked insulin pump that communicates with an app and a CGM. So the algorithm predicts future blood glucose based on carbohydrate intake, insulin on board, and the CGM readings. It will increase or suspend insulin based on the data that's available. There's three there are three different systems that you can build. So there's the first is loop, uh, the second is open APS, and the third is Android APS. We'll get into a few more details about these um, later in the session. Logan, can you just tell us your personal experiences with looping since you've been doing it for a while? Yes, of course. So um, I've been looping for about five years now. And um, it was really, it was, I heard about it at a conference and it's really been life-changing. Um, it allows me to sleep better at night. I have a lot lower, I have way fewer lows, um, generally very good control. And I've been allowed to, um, I can set temporary targets for when I'm doing, when I have very active days. So when I'm exercising and I can have reduced insulin. And um, the journey to start was a little bit tricky because you do have to follow a lot of instructions to build the app. And then you have to acquire a few parts and um, some of them ship from the US. So it takes some time to get the parts needed for it. But after um, I was able to build my loop app, it's been amazing and I absolutely love looping. Okay, do you wanna um, go ahead and introduce the guest panelists and um, start your session? Yeah, so our two guest panelists tonight are Leanne and Jennifer. Jen is a mom to three boys. Her youngest son, Cody, was diagnosed with type one three and a half years ago when he was six years old. 
Cody has been looping for two years. He started when he was seven and in the second grade. Jen is also a pediatrician, but has not practiced since moving to Canada almost 15 years ago. She loves talking to people about looping and helping them out in any way that she can because it has made such a positive impact on their lives. Our second panelist is Leanne. She's 45 years old and has had type one diabetes since she was 13. In December, 2021, she built her own closed loop insulin delivery system. And it's the first time in years that she's been able to sleep through the night. She finds diabetes generally tedious and tiring, but in exchange for her hard work, she is able to go for frequent hikes and other outdoor adventures several times a week. Leanne finds other people with diabetes to be great resources for emotional and technical support. So she's glad to be part of the T1D Reach Out program to be able to pay forward the generous support she has received over the years. Now, Leanne, you just built your app in December. Can you tell us a bit more about your experience so far? Oh, you're on mute. Excuse me. Um, I built the app in December. I had researched it for six months before that. And the reason that I started looping, I had heard about it before, but I started because of the changes to the funding for um, sensors and pumps in British Columbia. So um, it just made sense for me to do that. Um, it'll, it'll save me quite a lot of money being able to use that equipment. Um, but the advantages of looping are that, uh, like, like uh, was just mentioned, I'm able to sleep through the night. Um, I have fewer lows. I have more time in range. Um, I have more control uh, just generally of my diabetes, I guess you could say. Um, so I would recommend it to people that they try it if they think they can put the parts together and um, figure it out. And I'm not super computer savvy, but I managed to do it um, without assistance for Android apps. That's the system I'm running. It's a bit different from Logan's. Yeah. Thanks, Leanne. And Jen, how about you? What was your experience like building the app for Cody and using it for him now? Um, we built it about two years ago and um, I was a little bit nervous before. I am not tech savvy at all. Um, so the thought of building it was a little intimidating to me, but as I read about it, I kind of, um, someone else had said it and I think one of the loop groups is kind of like building Ikea furniture. You just need to follow the instructions really closely and anyone could do it. And so that's kind of what I did. I took it step by step and they break it down, honestly, minute by minute and day by day. The people who wrote the instructions made it that anybody can really follow it. And so as I kind of went through it, um, once when I kind of decided to do it, made the commitment and bought the, um, at the time a Riley link, now we use an orange link. Um, we built it and um, I was nervous putting it on it. My kid was seven at the time and he's little and I just put this thing I built off the internet on my kid and um, it was amazing. It's been life-changing for us. Um, I can see what he does in real time, which has been absolutely fantastic. Um, it's given him more independence than me. It'll adjust his background basal while he's playing, while he's doing sports. So if he's at a camp and I'm not with him and you know, I need his basal to be shut off. It does it for me. You know, I don't have to worry about those things. Um, so it's given him a little bit more independence without him even knowing it because it can keep him in a tighter range without me having to be there. Um, we started sleeping again. 
well, I started sleeping again because, you know, I can feed him in his sleep. Um, so sleep came back and um, we're achieving, we were doing well before, but we're achieving the same results. Um, sometimes a little better, sometimes the same with a lot less effort. And that's just been amazing. And I think it's been great for my mental health, for his mental health and um, all around. So I definitely think anyone can do it. If I can build it and my kids will attest to the fact that I am a computer moron, anybody can build it. <laughs> so. Perfect, thank you. Um, and that's a great analogy. If you can read IKEA instructions, um, building loop, some of the instructions that are out there in the online community, um, they really are like IKEA instructions, just quite a bit longer and it does take some time. Now we've had quite a few questions that were submitted. So let's jump into some of those. The first question, is looping only for people who can use a pump or can people who use multiple daily doses also use looping? So looping is only for people with the pump because the pump communicates to your CGM and then it's controlled through an app on your phone. So unfortunately it is only for those pump users out there. Uh, next question, how long does it take to get used to the process and how often do most people do spot checks with the glucose meter? How long does looping take for the trials and errors before it consists, before it's consistently working? Um, Leanne, how about you speak to that one? All right, so I use Android apps, which has a system called the objectives. So you have to pass these 11 objectives to unlock all of the different features. Um, so it takes, I think, three months to get through all of those. Um, so you can close your loop, as it were, after a couple of weeks, but uh, it makes you jump through all of these loops because of the detail and amount of control that the system is eventually going to give you. So for Android apps, it's um, like three months to have all the functionality. I'm two months in and I'm very happy with it already, even though I don't have all the features. I understand it's a little bit different for Loop though, that it might not be quite as long a learning curve. Maybe one of you can speak to that. Um, Jen, would you like to answer that one? Sure, yeah. So yeah, I've heard about that for the Android APS that it takes you through the steps. So Loop does not do that. Um, you basically just follow the instruction on the Loop Docs website. And there's another um, web, another group that's been helping out this group called Loop and Learn that kind of supports it. There's also some videos you can follow, but basically you build it um, on your own timeframe. I kind of felt they've changed things around a little bit and I felt the rebuild was actually easier than my initial build two years ago. Um, they've kind of changed up the system a little bit with the technology. Um, they also have a great thing called loop tips because I think the hardest part is just kind of figuring out your settings and everything like that. And um, they kind of walk you through some good you know, guidelines to how to get things um, set up with your settings. And, um, and it's, it's quite helpful. So it's kind of, I mean, if your settings are spot on before, it's gonna be an easier transition if you're kind of figuring things out um, then it takes a little bit longer, but, um, yeah, the actual build is, um, I think the longest thing is there's this one step where you have to download Xcode that takes the longest, that's like the longest part of the build. It's more kind of, um, reading through it and just doing it. 
I should just be clear that the three months, like you build the you build the system, and then it takes three months to have all the features running, like unlocked, unlocked. Yeah. So just you know, just so you don't think it takes three months to build. <laughs> yeah. It ta it takes like a couple days of messing around. Yeah. It sounds like they put in safeguards to make sure people go through the steps of actually kind of learning it. Understanding what all yeah, the that's very, systems yeah. are, because there's a lot of really specific things. And if you don't understand what they are, you could put yourself in danger. So yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, and um, when I, the first time that I built Loop, it took me probably a full day to kind of go through all of the instructions, um, make sure that I had the right software on my computer. I had to update a few things and then I had to download some files. Um, so it did kind of take me a full day, a full, I did it on a weekend. It took me kind of like a whole Saturday to get everything set up initially. But then after that, every time I've had to rebuild it, it's um, been a lot quicker. Um, and then in terms of spot checks, um, for me, I am very trusting of my Dexcom CGM. So I probably only ever do spot checks um, if I know there's something wonky with my CGM going on. I don't know about you guys. I probably only double check my blood sugar once or twice a week if I'm um, once or twice a week, unless I'm having issues with um, little jumps in the CGM on the Dexcom graph or it's saying that I'm low and I'm not low, those kind of things. We spot check a little bit more. I mean, we started with the G5, so Cody was used to having a finger poke twice a day. Um, we at least do it once a day, because it's not me, right? So it's someone else, so I can't, I can't um, you guys can feel your lows, your highs. So I do at least, I finger poke him after he goes to sleep at night, so he doesn't even know. And then sometimes we do it in the morning. We have a few issues with the Dexcom, kind of once when we put it on. Um, so what I'll do is I'll open the loop so that loop isn't controlling things until I know that the Dexcom is working properly, which also gives us a chance to basal test and stuff like that because we'll open the loop. Um, so we check a little bit more often, probably once a day. Okay, um, I see lots of questions coming here in the chat box. I'm gonna just answer a couple of these. Um, is looping the workaround if you don't have the Medtronic Guardian or the Tandem or what is the difference? Um, I wouldn't say it's a workaround. Um, it's just a do-it-yourself option that is available. The Tandem does something similar. It just has a different algorithm to it and you can't set as many targets. Um, for example, I think Tandem, you can set, you, your, the target blood sugar is set to be, I believe it's 6.3. And I think on Medtronic it's 6.3 five maybe, or could also be 6.3. Um, so with looping, you're able to set your target blood sugar range to be a little bit lower than that. So you could make it say 5.8, or if you're exercising, you can set your target to be 7.5 or even 8.5, if that's how you prefer to have your blood sugar while you're exercising. So I think that's part of the difference. And then also obviously Medtronic and Tandem are Health Canada approved. This one is do it yourself, build on your own. So it's not Health Canada approved. Um, yeah. And do you feel there are benefits of the DIY solutions versus using the commercial products such as Tandem Dexcom? 
So kind of similar to what I already explained, but I think there are some benefits to it because you are able to set your own blood sugar targets. And um, whereas the ones that are commercially available are very set in stone at 6.3 for tandem, I'm not sure what it is for Medtronic. So there's more flexibility with your target ranges for blood sugar. And some people really enjoy that because they like to have their blood sugar sitting at 5.5 all day or things like that. And I just chime in really quickly, if there are any parents on here too, the advantage to the DIY is you can actually watch what's going on with your child in real time through Night Scout. So like if I tell text Cody to bolus 50 carbs and he accidentally puts in 65, I mean, you also can set limits just like you can on any pump, but in real time, because it, you know, an Omnipod takes a little while to get the insulin in, I can call him and say, hey, Cody, you accidentally put in double the carbs. Can you stop it? And he can stop it in real time and fix it. So as a parent you do have that kind of safeguard of seeing what's going on in real time, which is really nice with younger kids. Perfect. Um, so yeah, Francie is saying T-Slim is 6.4, an exercise that tries to keep it 8.4 to 8.5. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm not familiar with what the exact number is for those pumps. It's um, the only difference is that you can set some something else up so you can set your own target range whereas you're not limited to the 6.3 or 6.4 whatever it is for Medtronic in tandem um okay so next question here what hardware software are required for looping using an android is a riley link still required leanne if you could answer that question since you're using android aps uh, for Android APS, I'm still using Eros uh, on version 2.8, um, but the newest version 3.0 uh, does in fact control Dash, so you don't need a Riley link anymore if you use Android apps and Dash. And most people use a G6 sensor with that. I'm not sure if you can use another one. I don't think so. Um, yeah, so there you go. Perfect. With, um, with, it, with Android APS, you can use other sensors as well. Like if you have a Libre nice. with like a Meow Meow sensor that turns it into a full CGM. Um, I use go. Android APS as well and, and don't need that Riley link anymore. So I am with Dash and the newest version. Nice. And then for Loop, um, just to mention what you need for Loop, you need to have an iPhone, uh, what they call a Riley link or an orange link or an Emma link. Those are your options. Um, I'll just show you as an example. This is a little Riley link that communicates between your insulin pump and CGM and communicates to the app, to the Loop app. Um, and then you also need a Mac computer to download Loop on your own. And you use a program called Xcode and it needs to be updated to the latest version. All the information is on um, a website called Loop Docs, and it can tell you everything, but basically you need to make sure you have a compatible insulin pump. So an older Medtronic or the Omnipod Eros pods, and then you need to have your a Riley link compatible device. So a Riley link, um, an orange link or an Emma link, and then a Mac computer that you can use to download the Loop app to config to build it through Xcode, and then an iPhone for operation. 
Uh, okay, more questions coming in here. Why has my diabetes specialist never mentioned or advocated looping to me? How long has this system been available? Um, that's probably because it is not Health Canada approved. So it's not something that they can um, mention to you and advocate for. It's been available for, well, like, I think in the first, it was um, the code was opened in about 20, 2014 or 2015. So it's been around for a few years now, but it's always been a um, do it yourself. It's not FDA approved and it's open source code. So anybody can use it. Um, what happens if your Dexcom or pump fails? Um, so when that happens, well, when your pump fails, you get the same warning, your Omnipod. If it fails, it beeps at you, it screeches. Um, if your Dexcom fails, then it will just revert back to whatever basal rates you have inputted into the app. So it won't be making adjustments for you every five minutes. It will just revert back to whatever basals you have set into your pump if for some reason your sensor um, fails. Okay. Um, so next question, is it possible to set my preferred ranges for receiving basal and bolus fixes? If so, could I set different profiles for different times? So um, I think we've already answered that question where there's predetermined ranges for the T-SLIM and for Medtronic pump. So yes, you can set different ranges to your preferred ranges for whatever you'd like. And then you can also set different profiles for different times, yes. So if you know that at night, let's say you want it to be between 5.4 and 5.6, you can set that range, but during the day, you'd like to be from 6.2 to 6.5, and then maybe you um, wanna exercise for an hour after dinner and you want it to be between 7.8 and 8.5, you can set all those different, um, you can have all those different, as many different settings as you want basically within the app. And how often do you need to rebuild the apps? Um, Jen, how often have you had to rebuild your loop app? We've never had to rebuild it like because of any sort of malfunction. We've been lucky that way. Um, so you do have to rebuild the app once a year, um, regardless of if you have any problems because the other thing you have to purchase is an Apple developer account or you can use someone else's, um, but um, you, there is a way to do it free, then you have to constantly rebuild it every week. But um, so we've only had to officially rebuild every year. I have rebuilt a little bit more when newer versions come out. Also, if you want to update your phone to the newer iOS, you have to update your Xcode and then rebuild. But I keep Cody's phone so that it does not automatically update his iOS until we're ready to do it. Um, yeah, we've never had any malfunctions that have caused us to rebuild. Um, there's something called, just so that if their parents listening, there's something called remote overrides that you can do also. So I can't bolus Cody remotely, but I can change his, um, the background basal. So you know how you do temporary overrides on another pump, like on your regular pump, like if you wanna go from having your basal at 100% to 130%, I can do that remotely. And with loop, it changes your, it'll increase your basal rate, um, your basal rate your ISF and your carb ratio. So if Cody's like, 
I have a feeling he ate something and didn't bolus and I don't want to text him at school. I can put on a remote override to kind of help catch it from home and then turn it off whenever I want, which is pretty fantastic from a parent's point of view. When you're doing it for yourself, obviously it's not something you need to do, but it's kind of cool. So I've had to rebuild it because of that. That's the only time. Okay. Um, and how about for Android APS, Leanne, and maybe Phil, if you have any comments about that? Um, Android APS, I have not had to build, rebuild, because um, I've only had it running since December. I have noticed that other people, some people rebuild a few times a year just to have all the freshest updates, but you don't have to pay for a developer account. And technically speaking, the app doesn't expire for 25 years, which I think is probably unnecessary long time. But um, so I like that there's no developer account um, that you don't have to pay. And um, technically speaking, maybe if you could make it run for 25 years, but I'm probably gonna rebuild two or three times a year just to keep everything fresh. And, um, yeah, so, so, so I guess the only thing with Android APS is the newest version they've released 3.0 will eventually require that everybody with the older versions do rebuild. Um, I think they're giving people three months to do so. Um, so this will apply to you as well, Ian, that eventually like 2.8 will no longer work. Um, but in general, you're not required to update kind of as Leanne said. Great, thank you. Our next question here, are any set parameters pre-programmed into loop or the other looping systems? So the way that loop works is you input all of your carb ratios throughout the day, you input your ISF, and then you input your um, target blood sugar that you're aiming for. So you are, everything's kind of under your control. You can control um, all of your settings. So, and then it just will adjust based on this, the data that's available and the settings you've provided. Um, so you're basically programming your own settings and then it's making recommendations based off of say the ISF that you put into the app or um, the carb ratio that you've put in after how many carbs it's told, after how many carbs you've told it that you've eaten. Um, okay, next question here. What is the initial outlay cost for looping? So that depends on what system you are building. For loop, you would need um, your insulin pump. So you could get um, the Omnipod Eros, and that is all dependent on cost based on your Pharmacare um, deductible. It depends on, it's different for everybody. For that and then Dexcom again depends on your healthcare coverage for the CGM and then your Riley link or your orange link runs about I think it's about 150 US dollars for that um, and this one I mean mine this one has lasted me to about two and a half years now so I haven't had to replace it I know some of them some people only get a year some people get like a couple years out of them and then you would also need to, you can use what's called a paid, you can use a free developer license through Xcode, or you get the paid one. And the paid one is about 120 Canadian dollars a year. So that puts it about, about 350 kind of out of pocket of things that wouldn't be covered by um, pharmacare costs not covered by most health insurance. So because you have to purchase your developer's license 
and um, you have to purchase your Riley link or your um, Emma link, orange link. Um, how about for Android APS? Uh, for me, I had to buy a compatible cell phone. I bought two Riley links that I always have one, sorry, orange links. And um, I bought a new laptop too. So I think I spent around $2,000. Um, but a lot of people can actually, if you already have a home computer for Android apps, you can probably just use your home computer that you have already. You might just have to tidy it up um, and update some systems. And you might already have a working phone that could work for you too. Um, so it's kind of a range, you know, it depends on what you already have. And um, so I guess the basement cost, well, you, you actually don't have to buy the orange links anymore if you're using Dash. So depending on what your coverage is, it could be very cheap to start. I'm not sure how helpful that is, but uh, yeah, it cost me around 2000. Yeah, the costs really vary depending on your coverage for your pump supplies, for your CGM. And then if you already have a, a laptop that you can use, if you have a compatible iPhone um, or a compatible Android phone, so it really kind of varies, but for the basic equipment, like your Riley link and then your developer license, it's about probably, yeah, 300 to 350 Canadian. Um, Leanne, how much did you pay for your orange link? Uh, my orange link was maybe 250 a piece. No, no, wait, two, 220 maybe. And uh, I should mention too, there is no developer account. So there's no amount you're paying to run the app. Um, you, that's, that's not a cost that you have. So savings, yay. <laughs> As I had mentioned before too, with the newest version of Android APS, you don't require the orange link either. So it would literally just be putting the time in to build the app yourself and learn it and going through the objectives. Um, but there are no costs in terms of developer accounts. There's no orange link cost anymore. So the cost is really just the Dexcom supplies, having your pump supplies, and then the time you put in to build it yourself. Perfect. I think that um, answered the question that just came up in the chat box here. Uh, all right, next question. Do you know anything about forthcoming support in free APSX for configuration for gastroparesis, absorption rate of carbs, et cetera? Um, unfortunately, I do not know anything about that. I'm not sure if Leanne or Jen, if you know anything about that. I know that you can adjust all of those things on Android apps at present. Um, that's part of the reason why the objectives are so fussy, I guess could be the word, so that you can learn how to use all these different systems. So um, I haven't heard about gastroparesis specifically, but I, I think that it would be a good fit, Android APS, so yeah. And I'm guessing that if you reach out to the online looping community, there's probably some more information about that specifically. Um, there's an amazing online community out there for loopers. So sorry, we couldn't really answer your question, but perhaps you can reach out to someone in an online group. Okay, um, next question. What if my carb ratios don't seem stable or I'm not clear what exactly they are at different times in the day? Kind of winging it lately. Um, so for that, I would say that 
before you start looping, you should try to um, figure out a stable carb ratio before you would attempt looping just to have sort of a baseline one that you can use. Um, what about you, Jen and Leanne? Yeah, I mean, definitely the, the better your settings, the better loop works for you. You know, it's only as good as your settings. That said, you know, I started with a young kid who it was a little bit harder to basal test and ISF test and carb ratio test because he's always eating and, um, and didn't really want to fast like I would like him to. So, you know, I did, I did the best I could. I got a good, um, from overnight and in the early morning and, um, you just kind of adjust things. There are great, um, videos out there from the loop and learn group that can kind of tell you how to test things while you're open looping and closed looping by using night scout. So you can kind of say, okay, this is what happened. I know what happened with this meal and this is what happened. And you can kind of go back and look through the data and it can kind of help you adjust things in case you can't get that um, perfect time of fasting and everything like that. So you can um, kind of look at things as they're happening, but obviously if you can, if you're doing it with yourself and you could you know, eat a meal and wait and see what happens, that's the easiest way and the best way. Perfect, thank you. And uh, I'll just quickly say that I also have different um, carb ratios throughout the day. So I program that into my system. It's awesome. Yeah, we do too. Like he has different carb ratios because of during school, he has recess like with lunch. And so I have to change his carb ratio to adjust for that. All right, thank you. Um, here's the next question. Okay. Um, one question I have is the direct to skin insulin pump versus the ones that have tubing. What makes one insulin pump better to consider for looping than another? How much expertise is required regarding technology? Are all supplies covered by Pharmacare? Is there any one pump that works best with Dexcom sensors? How do you keep the pump and sensors on? I tend to be a wiggle worm. Any tips and tricks? If cost is not a consideration in a decision on the best system for looping, which one would you choose? Have you ever had a situation with looping that left you unprepared, shocked, or worried? That's quite a lengthy question there. Um, Leanne, would you like to answer some of that? I made notes. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's see. Do, do, do. Um, so I, I find that the best way to learn is to join the online Facebook communities. And um, you're not necessarily going on there to ask questions, though. You're going on there to read, to read, to read, to learn how to look up the information you need. And then eventually when you build, um, that's a great time to start asking questions. Um, in terms of which pump is better, I'm using Dash because it's funded. I preferred Medtronic because it has a slightly finer control. Um, I think it gives you 0.1 units an hour and, uh, or 0.1 units per click, whereas Dexcom, sorry, Dash, not Dash, Eros does 0.5 units. So the control's not as fine, um, but it's personal choice how you choose one or the other. I am not an expert in technology myself. I can use Photoshop. I can use a uh, word processor. I can use a smartphone. Uh, but I was still able to follow directions and build the app myself. Um, all my supplies are covered by Pharmacare. It depends on 
what your coverage is and what your income is. Um, I don't know if any one pump works better with Dexcom than others. I don't think that makes a difference. Uh, how do you keep the pump and sensors on? I use overtape. Um, I am not that much of a wiggle worm. Um, tips and tricks, yeah, just join the Facebook groups. The best system for looping? I don't know. I guess I like Android apps, but I don't like Apple. So <laughs> that's a personal choice. And I did have a situation when I first started looping where the um, firmware was not properly upgraded in my link. Once I figured that out, it was fine. Uh, in the meantime, you have to have an emergency plan set up. So you have to have access to a PDM. And um, if you have that, then it's a bit frustrating, but it's not dangerous. So I think that's all the notes I had. Perfect, thank you. Um, I would say, yeah, that uh, what pump you decide on is a very personal decision mm -hmm. um, for tubed versus tubeless. And then again, your PharmaCare, we've kind of talked about supplies, coverage from PharmaCare. It's really personal. It's a personal thing, um, depending on your income situation. Um, pump that works best with Dexcom sensors, really, um, with Loop, it's there's not one pump that works best with Dexcom sensors because you're relying on Dexcom. Um, and have you ever had a situation that, with looping that left you unprepared, shocked, or worried? For me, um, one time I had a faulty sensor and it was saying that my blood sugar was um, about 16, 17. And I thought, what the heck, how is this happening? And it turned out that I was only 6.5. So I right away, I was in closed loop mode and I right away opened the loop so that it didn't, wasn't giving me huge amounts of insulin. And then I um, ate a bit of a snack because I could see, I looked at how much insulin was on board and I could see um, that it had given me some insulin. So I needed to make up for that to prevent a low. Um, and really that's just an issue of Dexcom malfunctioning, which can happen to any of us. The same thing with compression lows or things like that. Or if you're having a low and you're not, it says you're low and you're not actually low, it will suspend your insulin. So you might, as a result, um, go a little bit higher because you're not getting any background insulin. And so really what I did was I just kind of turned off loop and then um, I recalibrated my Dexcom sensor. It ended up still being funny and I ended up having to change my sensor in the end. Um, Jen, have you had any experiences? Kind of similar to you, you know, sometimes I'll get compression lows at night and I'll go in there. I mean, now you can kind of, I can tell what they are in Dexcom or I'll go and finger poke them and it will, it will have suspended his basal. So he'll get a little rise, but then loop will come back in and correct it. But the biggest thing for us is we do, I don't know if it's because he's smaller or whatever. We do a lot of times have issues with Dexcom in the first 12 hours. So I try to make sure he's home. We do it overnight and I open the loop, which opening the loop means that you're no longer giving um, the algorithm, the chance to control the system. Someone had asked that in the chat. And so um, basically you're just dosing um, like a regular pump and it's giving your regular preset background insulin. And so until I'm sure that Dexcom is what is what Dexcom is, I won't close the loop when we put in a new sensor. And sometimes for us, that's immediately, I see that it's on, we finger poke a couple of times and sometimes it can be up to 12 hours for us. And those are brutal nights because I'm not used to those anymore. But, um, but I, yeah, so I always make sure Dexcom's okay because, because it's not me, I can't feel it. So I don't know if he's really high or low until 
you know, I check them. So I just want to introduce a special guest that I just saw pop on the screen, Dr. Tom Elliott, um, a dear friend, and I had no idea you're visiting um, our huddle tonight. So glad because people are asking questions about BC diabetes. Um, so if you want to just introduce yourself and say a couple of words. Hi, Hi, Tricia. Um, hi, Jen. Hi, everybody. Um, you know, I'm the world's greatest loop enthusiast, and um, I don't know that I have much to add tonight other than that um, at BC Diabetes, if, if you are referred by your physician um, and have the blessing of the physician or endo or pediatric endo, who referred you, then BC Diabetes will provide loop software at no expense and will help, will install it and give you some support to get you up and running. It's at no cost, it's covered by the BC Medical Services Plan. And we just we just updated our loop tonight. So we've we've got the latest version hanging out there on Apple's test flight. Great, thanks, Tom. Um, Logan, back to you. Okay, um, our next question is actually, after you get referred by your endo to BC Diabetes, what is the general timeline process to start looping? When do you need to buy, what do you need to buy in advance to be prepared to start as soon as possible after a referral? Um, I am not so sure. Maybe Tom, you can talk about the well, timeline for that. Well you know, what would I, I would like it to all happen extremely fast. Um, by the time, if you have everything you need, which is, you know, an iPhone 6S or better, Dexcom up and running, um, an orange link if you're iPhone bound, um, Omnipod, Eros, trained, um, or Android with, um a dash pod and Dexcom or something else up and running. We we do support Lib Freestyle Libre with a Meow Meow um, using Android. Um, so if you have everything ready and the referral from the doctor done, I, I would hope two weeks, one month at the most for your first appointment. The first appointment is just, um, you know, talking about loop. You guys are all know all about it, so you may not learn all that much on the first appointment, but it is it is kind of mandatory. Then there's a second brief appointment where we set up your Night Scout account and um, teach you about Night Scout. And the third appointment is the installation. And then we follow you for as long as it takes to get you, you know, confident and um, autonomous, independent which is usually almost always in two weeks or less. And for a lot of people, one week. Now there is, there's a, there's a document on bcdiabetes.ca slash handouts called loop installation at BC Diabetes. Um, I'm going to copy a link to the chat, but you can find it bcdiabetes.ca forward slash handouts and then type the word loop in and it'll pop up and that I keep that updated. So it is current as of, I think about a week ago, I updated it. 
Perfect, thank you. Um, and another question that came up is, do you need to get permission from your endo to go to BC Diabetes? I don't want to change my endo. <laughs> to ask your endo, are you okay with looping? And if they say yes, your endo will give you their blessing. And then as soon as you're done, you go back to your endo. Um, if your endo doesn't like looping, you're going to have to change endos. And pretty much all of the UBC um, faculty are supportive of what, of what we're doing at BC Diabetes. And some at the Children's Hospital, not all, but some. Brendan Hirsch is very supportive. Um, he sent us two or three people. Yeah. By the way, the work Jen is doing is fantastic. Jen, I only came in right at the end of, your, of you ch chatting. And I love Trisha and everything Trisha does. Trisha is just the best thing that ever happened to our UBC division. How long have you been here now, Trisha? I don't know, 12 years. <laughs> I pay Tom to say these things. You know what? She's so good for me. She's good for my CV. She buffs it because she publishes all the time. And, and she says nice things about me as well. All right, back to you, Logan. <laughs> okay, so next question I see here is, has Omnipod updated or change, has Omnipod updates or changes ever impacted your ability to loop? Or are they in support of DIY loop? Um, so loop is compatible with Omnipod Eros. So it's not compatible with the Omnipod Dash, although Android APS is compatible with, um, with Omnipod Dash now. So um, changes, yes, the Dash impacted loop because it's, it hasn't been hacked yet. Um, but for Android APS, sounds like that hasn't been a problem. And I don't think they are in support of it because it is a do-it-yourself um, activity and it's not FDA approved and they're trying to build their own um, looped, looping system as well that would communicate with Dexcom. So. Just recently, just to add to it, so just recently, so the, the looping community is for the iOS system, they are working on hacking the dash. It's coming, it's, it's still on test, like they're testing it. I just heard two recent interviews with the, like the CEO and medical director of Omnipod and they have no plans on discontinuing the Aerospot. Um, although they don't support it because they can't officially, they do realize that what the, the DIY community has done for the mainstream community, right? Because it's kind of helped push their systems through. And so um, um, they, they say they have no plans in any time in the near future of discontinuing those pumps. So people don't need to worry or hoard them. And I think also um, it's called Omnipod 5 was recently FDA approved as well. So they're working on um, their own closed loop system with Dexcom as well. Okay, next question here. What adjustments do you need to make for vigorous exercise? As in, if you set yourself higher pre-exercise, what prevents the APS from giving a fresh bolus? Um, Jen, do you wanna talk about Cody settings for exercise? Yeah, so we do it kind of two different ways. You can raise your target and so um, the algorithm won't um, give you 
um, any basil or any boluses where I'm, there's two branches. There's the original loop branch where it just toggles up and down your basil rates. But Cody was so young when he started that his basil rate was so minimal that it didn't make as much of a difference. And then, so there was another branch called the auto bolus branch, which is now part of the mainstream where it's kind of a little bit more similar to the mainstream pumps where it'll give you 40% of the recommended bolus and then kind of toggle it up that way. So it gives you little mini boluses instead of toggling your basil up and then it just drops your basil. So for vigorous exercises, we do it one of two ways. A lot of times I just raise his target. So just say his regular target during the day is like 5.8. So I'll raise it to, depending on the exercise to 7.7 or you know to 6.5 if it's not as vigorous. And then loop won't give him any basil or um, any auto boluses until he's predicted to go over that higher target. But you can also decrease um, the percentage of basil it would give. And when you decrease that, everything that decreases together. So you decrease your carb ratio, your ISF and your basil. So if I really think he's gonna go hard for a long period of time, I can decrease, I can increase the target, but also decrease everything else so that when it does kick in, it's giving him less. So it kind of um, allows you to really manage things in different ways. Um, that's where it differs from the mainstream systems. They kind of normally just have one exercise mode, which I have to say the mainstream systems are fantastic too. I mean, it just, if you, if you wanna have more control, um, then these systems are better. So I have tons, I'll, you guys probably don't have as many overrides as I do. I have like 15 overrides because they're all listed out because I can do it all remotely. So depending on what Cody's doing, I know he's going to go into gym class in an hour. So instead of me texting him being like, hey, Cody, can you hit your gym override? I just do it for him. So I'll set an alarm on those days and just do it for him. I mean, obviously, as he gets older, he'll do more and more. And one thing we also didn't mention, I don't, I think on Android APS too, you can control things from your watch. So if you're on the looping system through Apple, you can do everything from your watch. You can bolus, you can do everything. So Cody um, boluses and does everything from his watch and you probably do too. So talking about being discreet, you don't even have to take your phone out of your pocket. It's pretty amazing. Yes, with Loop, one of the advantages is if you have an Apple watch, um, you, can, yeah, you can put the app on your watch. Sorry, it's, oh, it's hard for me to show it on the screen trying there, but um, yeah, you can bolus from your watch, which is pretty cool. It's at a temp target. So if you know you're going, you're about to go for a hike or something, you can set one of your temp targets. And like Jen mentioned, um, your target blood sugar can be increased and then your um, basal rate could be decreased. You can really set it, you can customize it for your needs. Um, so vigorous, vigorous exercise, every type one kind of has different needs unique to their bodies. Um, some people might need more insulin, some people might need less. So it's great, you can really customize it. Um, Leanne, do you have any comments about that? Um, so I am still somewhat new to looping. So I found it was a little bit rough at first, but it's getting uh, more refined. So I also use a temporary target. Um, and sometimes, um, it works really well and other times it doesn't. So I always take um, some glucose around with me still um, because I'm in the process of learning how it works and getting it all running to my satisfaction. But I do like all the control it gives me. So yeah, that's, that's what I, I'm using right now is the temporary targets. And I think right now I'm setting it to eight and um, I'm pretty insulin sensitive though. So sometimes I'll still go a bit low even 
with a high target. I'll figure it out. Yeah, there's a lot of fine tuning involved to get it all, to get your settings all dialed in because Luke is making um, adjustments every five minutes in the background there for you. Um, so another question here is, can you describe how you manage overriding the pump when you are trying to increase your blood sugar to prevent lows during exercise or if that override is necessary? So we kind of already discussed that. Um, you can create different overrides. So you could set your target blood sugar to be um, say eight instead of 6.2 during the day. And then you can also set have with that override create a temporary basal at the same time. So maybe 50%, maybe 25%, depending on your body's needs for exercise. And, um, so next question here. One of the problems reported by many loopers is finding an endocrinologist who is both supportive of and knowledge, knowledgeable about looping while being respective of the individual needs and experience of the looper. Such medical professionals appear to be few and far between. Has the panel or others experienced difficulty finding a pro-looping endocrinologist? And what is their advice for prospective and current loopers regarding this? Um, Jen, would you like to comment on that one? Can you give me just half a second? Sorry, Cody just walked in and was talking to me at the same time. I apologize. I know. Right. If you want, do you, Leanne, do you want to go first? <laughs> Hang on. Okay. So, um, I just happened upon an endocrinologist who never has had someone looping before, but he and myself are both very nerdy. So he's excited to learn all about it. So he doesn't have the experience, but he has the enthusiasm. So I think that um, that counts for a lot. I think you just have to sound it out with your individual endos. And also if you go onto those um, Facebook groups, uh, even though it's people all over the world, if you ask, hey, I'm in this place, does anyone know an endo? That's a really good way to find somebody. Um, and I don't know, I, I got lucky. So hopefully um, asking around can find someone for you. My endo, I was the first one to leave with her. She wasn't against it. She wasn't really for it. She didn't really give me a lot of tips. She was just happy we were doing okay. Um, but yeah, I think um, definitely a lot of the groups you can ask around here, there's BC Diabetes is supportive. And I, I was just saying at the beginning, I saw that you guys posted on your Facebook page that you're getting a pediatric endocrinologist, which is extremely exciting. <laughs> I know, Jen. Uh, we we just we it's Claire Henderson, and she's starting. I think end of March, early April. Yeah, she's going to be setting up an office, and uh, we're so excited. And there's definitely some people I know at Children's who are there are more and more who are kind of getting on board. I think more and more people are, but I don't think you know in the pediatric realm. I don't. There's not many who will tell you no. I mean. I didn't ask. A lot of people just don't ask. You know, when you when you ask for the Aeros pods and you're not asking for the dash, sorry, my dog's eating the paper now. Um, they most people know what you're doing, or I hope they know what you're doing because if they don't, then they're really out of the loop. So they should know what you're doing when you're asking for the old-fashioned pods, not the new ones. So, um, yeah. Perfect. 
Okay, um, one of the last questions here is, what do you do for support when your tech gives out or your programming is off? So um, there's an amazing online community out there and I'm using Loop. So there's a Loop troubleshooting page um, for any tech, um, tech issues. And most of the time I found my answer um, on the troubleshooting page. And when I haven't found it there, I've posted online in the Looped Facebook group and somebody has replied to me pretty quickly and helped me out with the issue. As for um, settings being off, Loop uses a different algorithm than um, other insulin pumps out there on the market. So it does take a while to dial into your settings. Um, and I use Night Scout to analyze my data and um, there's one program that you can run that will provide recommendations for what your ISF and what your insulin to carb ratio should be at, a, at every hour of the day, depending on, it's based on um, past data. So you can select the last week or the last two weeks or the last month. And based on the adjustments that Loop has made, it will give you recommendations for your settings. Okay, it looks like it's seven o'clock and I want to res be respectful of everyone's time. I want to thank Logan, Leanne, and Jen um, for hosting our huddle tonight. Um, I've learned a lot. It's been great. I think it's one of our well, most well-attended huddles. So thank you. Um, also, I just wanted to let you know, um, next huddle in March, we're going to have David Thompson um, who is an endocrinologist at UBC, um, our division, and he's going to be talking about islet transplantation. He's one of the players in the whole islet transplantation arena, um, which is exciting because, as you know, Canada, um, we're leading the charge. Um, there's been a lot about um, Canada in the news um, with islet transplantation. Tom, did you want to say anything about that? Well, it's so exciting. Um, David will... David's a good, you know, he's a good speaker and he's involved in, 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 the, in the, the best study of islets. Um, I have a, I did a 20 minute video on the cure for Diabetes Canada um, two summers ago. And um, it's, it's not bad. <laughs> it's me, if you could put up with me. Uh, I talk about the cure and the last, I think, 10 minutes are about the work that David is doing. Great, so join us in March um, to hear David Thompson and we'll probably try to bring in um, a huddler as well. Um, if anyone, if you know anyone who's had an islet transplantation, who's participated in a clinical trial, please let us know because we'd love to invite that person to come and speak as well. So have a great night and thanks Dr. again, Logan, Leanne and Jen. Dr. Tang. Yes, hi Ed. Hi, is, is this being, being, being recorded, this yep. Uh, session? Yep, it is. It'll be posted on um, the T1D Huddle website probably in several days. Um, all of our huddles are um, recorded, so you can go back in the archives. and. I, I was sure it was on at 7, and I got, came in late, obviously. Missed the whole thing. <laughs> no worries. It's recorded. Okay, thank all you. Right. Thanks, everyone. Have a nice night. Bye-bye.